Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff, peeps. Today we are discussing 1,000 Stars, Episode 8. This is the second to the last episode, and I have to say this episode made me rethink the fact that I have thought the series has been kind of a total letdown for the entire period it's been airing, because this episode kind of redeemed the past, shall we say. Um, I really have to say um, I have been very, very, very unimpressed with GMMTV with their latest productions. I'm not very familiar with them as a company, but with Tonton Chanlati and Thousand Stars, for different reasons, I have found to be rather unimpressive. Now, I have to say by the end of the series on both, I think I'm probably going to say the last three episodes of both were great, both with Tonhan Chanlati and with Thousand Stars, except there would be episode eight and nine, not seven for Thousand Stars. But overall, I, I really don't know what direction they're trying to go here, but they either go completely inappropriate as they did in Tan Han Chanlati with extremely toxic women and thinking that you really don't need to say anything when someone's almost being raped in the case of Tan Han with the older senior. And I don't think this should even be in in dramas. It was not in the original story from what I understand, although I do not read Thai, but I did read a review or watch a review of someone who had read the book and that was not included in the book of Tan Han Chanlati. But Overall, I really don't know what they're going with. I wish they could make a production that was as good as its final episodes throughout the entire series. And that would that would be really, really nice, to be quite honest. But overall, episode eight, I thought, was extremely well done for many, many reasons. The first is, is Tian decides he's going to tell everyone that he has the heart of the previous teacher. He also lets them know that he was responsible for her death, which we all assume as watchers meant that he was the one driving the car. But the thing I liked about this episode is that oftentimes things are not as they appear. Oftentimes things are worlds apart from how they appear. And as the episode progresses, as people in the village start to hate Tian, um, Tian, they built a new school for him, and that's when he told them all that Torfun was not going to be returning because she'd passed and he had her heart. And Chief, in the meantime, finds out from the doctor that Tian is the recipient of the organ transplant also happened to have the car that hit Torfin. And as you can imagine, Chief is rather, rather upset because he loved Torfin. And he finds Torfin's journal and he thinks that Tien killed Torfin by hitting her with the car and then got her heart. And he is, he is rather mad and he feels tricked. He also gets up in front of everyone and says, why did you lie to us? Well, I would like to point out here, right front and center, that although Tien did not tell everyone the truth about having Torfin's heart, to sit there and tell everyone he lied to them would be completely wrong. He just omitted the fact that he had a heart. And, you know, it really wouldn't come up in common conversation. You wouldn't just walk into a village saying, oh, my car hit your ex-teacher. And, oh, by the way, I have her heart. I mean, that's not something that you just do. So Chief sitting there and everyone else sitting there saying that Tian lied to them, I think was very, very wrong. The other thing is, 
even if Tian had hit her with the car, which would have made him a rather, rather, rather unlikable fellow, he, you know, it was an accident. It wasn't like he sat there and went, oh, I'm going to, you know, drive and hit Torfin and then take her heart. I mean, that's that's not what happened. However, as the story progresses, Tien leaves the villagers, um, leaves Chief there at the school. Um, Chief gets all his stuff together and throws it in his bag and says, you're going to go live back at the teacher's quarters because he had been living with Chief. And he also keeps Torfin's journals. So Tien doesn't know what she was wishing for when she went to Pandal Cliff, which he's trying to fulfill her wish. And he goes back home to his um, teacher house and just spends the night crying because he feels so terrible. At the end of the day, though, the next day, Long T and his dad have a conversation because he goes to see, um, to give Long T back his shirt and instead gives it to the chief. And the chief then turns to Long T, who he said was not at the house, but actually was, but didn't want to talk to Tian. And he says, you know, son, there are, there are caterpillars on my flowers. And the son says, well, I can go get you some pesticide. We can get rid of the caterpillars. He says, no, no. He said, the caterpillars are going to eat some of the flowers, yes. And that's going to be sad that that happens. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to have a lot of my bush left. And they are going to have beauty of their own. And it would be wrong to kill them simply because they accidentally killed a few of my flowers. And he looks at his son and Long T's like, I'm trying to give you a teachable moment, son. Will you please take it? And Long T decides to go and talk to Tian at the waterfall. And it's at this point that he finds out that Tian wasn't behind the wheel that killed Torfin. Yes, his car hit Torfin. But what happened was he asked his friend to run that race. And the friend hit Torfin in the process of running that race. Well, Tian was in the hospital with a heart attack. And Tian understandably feels that he is responsible because he gave that car to his friend to use for the race. And that would be a really big guilt trip for anyone, but especially someone who I don't mean it weird, but Tian's very young. He's in his early 20s. And I think he feels responsible because number one, he didn't live his life very well when he was young. And number two, he he just feels like it's his fault. And Lang Ti looks at him and goes, why didn't you just tell everyone that you weren't driving the vehicle, Tian? Because this wasn't you who did this. It was your friend. And yes, you had the car, but now you made it so I really can't hate you so much. And then as um, he talks to Long T, he says, I would like you to show me how to get to Pandal Cliff so I can go to finish up what I promised Torfin before I leave here. Because I know that people don't want me to teach their children, but I still want to finish up what I said I would do for Torfin. And Long T doesn't want to do that because he's afraid of the forest spirits. At the same time, though, he agrees to go get a flashlight so that he can help Tian find Pandal Cliff. And at that point in time, two men from the village who claim to have seen the forest spirit who is angry with them are heading out to go to Ghost Hill, which is like uh, next to Pandal Cliff, but different. And Tian figures out that they're probably the ones smuggling for the basically black market 
leader. And they're also probably the ones who burned the um, school down. So Tien decides to follow them. And, you know, again, Tien's young. I, I don't mean that bad. And I think that he's kind of made up his mind that, you know, he's been given a second chance at life. If he does end up dead, he did at least the right thing and lived well for a short period of time. I, I don't mean that bad about Tien. I'm just going, that's kind of how I get the gist of Tien. Plus, he knows he doesn't have the possibility of being with Chief anymore, most likely. And so he really doesn't think he has much to lose, which is a really poor way to look at things because you always have much to lose because there's always people in your future who will care about you and who you will care about. So that's kind of, yeah. Okay. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, but that is where we are at right now. Okay. So we are with Tien, who doesn't think he has much to lose by following these guys to figure out where they are hiding illegal objects, which happen to be furs of, I think, exotic creatures. I'm not really sure. I assumed it would probably be some kind of drug, but obviously not. And also, I just want to take a moment here because at the same time, Tien doesn't think he has much to lose. Um, Chief has, I don't know why, and I'm, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here, but okay, this is his little soapbox moment. And I don't know why we show this in films, but when guys tend to be frustrated in a relationship in films or in dramas, they tend to do rather risky and I would think kind of stupid things with their lives. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're sexually frustrated. Maybe it's just because they're frustrated. I don't know why. And Anna's not trying to be inappropriate and I try to keep this kid friendly, but sometimes you just got to say what you think. So anyway, so Chief is frustrated with Tien and he has decided he's going to go after Mr. Sita because he has nothing to lose. He's already lost Torfin. He doesn't think he has a relationship with Tien and by cracky, he's just going to go risk it all because it really doesn't matter anymore because there's nothing to live for. And I don't know, but this I find extremely aggravating, especially in drama, because I'm going, you know, I'm not saying that guys wouldn't do this, but I think it's rather stupid to say that just because something doesn't work, you're going to go out and risk your life and limb and possibly end up dead because that didn't work out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this happens in real life to some people, but in my life experience, this really hasn't happened terribly often with people that I know. I mean, usually they take up a new hobby and don't do anything terribly risky and maybe try to work out their relationship or move forward with their lives with possibly another relationship. But anyway, it seems in drama to be kind of an overriding theme that when someone feels that they cannot have a relationship, that everything's stymied, they're going to just go and be extremely reckless. So anyway, both Chief and Tien in their own ways are being extremely reckless. And I'm not even saying that it is wrong what they do. I'm saying that the motivation behind why they're doing it is not right. I mean, if you knew that saving your village would might be what require your life being spent, that's okay. But to do it because you're frustrated because the woman you loved and the guy you've come to care for um, aren't working out for you, that seems kind of like a lame reason to, a lame motivation. It's all about motivation and honest opinion, why you do what you do. So anyway, um, Tian is trying to track down these bad guys and Lante comes along because he happens to come back with a flashlight. Um, Longte and Tien 
Tian decides to take some flash photos. I don't know why he did this. I think he did it because he thought he could maybe help save the village. And also he knew that Mr. Sido would really stop at nothing to get what he wants out of life. And he then looks at Long Tae and says, they only think one of us is here, Long Tae. So you're going to take this cell phone and you're going to go back to the village with it. And you're going to use this to help expose Mr. Sita. You can take this basically to chief and I will do what I need to do to distract uh, Mr. Sita's men. It ends up that Mr. Sita's men's catch um, Tian. They put a gun to his head and basically say, we're going to kill you. It's at this point that Tian says, well, you do know that my dad is the head of the Department of Resources for the government. So if you kill me, um, this is not going to work out too well for you because he will hunt you down like a dog until he finds you. And I don't think really Tian is joking here. I think he knows that his dad, if he found out that his son was killed, would do everything in his power, even though he and his dad didn't have a really good relationship at all, simply because it was the principle of these people killed my son. And so the Mr. Seed and his men say, well, we don't care. Your dad's never going to find out how you even died. So why do we care if we pull the trigger? It's at this point, as the trigger is getting ready to be pulled, that Chief and his men have come back because they knew something wasn't okay in the in the forest because some trees were cut down. There were tire truck, um, truck treads on the ground, but they couldn't quite figure it out. Um, they end up shooting the man who's trying to kill Tian, and then Tian ends up, Tian's been hit pretty hard with a very large log, and so he's not able to move quite as easily as he normally would be able to. And also, I don't think after the heart transplant, Tian is just not as capable of physical activity as a normal human being would be able to have physical activity. So it's it's not that he's weak. It's simply that because of his heart transplant, he can't do like most people normally could do, like running through the forest. So he's trying to limp through the forest. And these people keep trying to shoot him because they know if they shoot him, then at least part of the story will be lost. Um, as he's trying to leave the area, this guy follows him, tries to shoot him, is shot. And then Chief is the one, I think, who shoots the guy. And Chief then tries to help Tian back up because Tian has been hurt. And the guy who Chief shot wasn't shot, obviously, enough to stop him from shooting again because he pulls the trigger and shoots Chief in the back. Um, it's at this point that another person that Chief works with, who's a little younger than him, kind of his cohort, comes up and shoots the guy enough that he will never be shooting anyone again. And Chief is basically set there lying just completely, um, you think he's probably died. Now, of course, we know they're probably not going to kill off Chief. I mean, this is a BL and they seldom end miserably. I mean, there are a few, of course, but I don't think they're going to do that. So anyway, um, the younger person who's a compatriot of Chief comes over to Chief and Tian, who Tian has kind of thrown himself over Chief as kind of a, a body armor in case something else would come up. And the assistant to chief has grabbed some cloth and is basically trying to stop the bleeding because as anyone who knows first aid knows in a blood, in a gunshot wound, you'd have to just stop the bleeding because that's the main priority. Otherwise the person's going to bleed out and die. So we have this moment. Um, the reason I think chief ended up 
coming with the men was he was actually looking for Tien while Tien was looking for Mr. Sita's men. And he found out from the doctor that Tien wasn't the one who shot or who not didn't shoot. He was not the one who hit Torfin. The, um, the doctor calls up Chief and says, why are you reacting this way to Tien? Why are you mad at him? Why did you kick him out of your residence and tell him to go back home? Um, and the chief says, well, he's safe back home. It's okay. And I don't want to talk about it. And the doctor says, I didn't tell you this information so that you could go in front of everyone in the village and make Tien out to be a terrible human being chief. You know, I know you're mad about Torfin, but even if Tien had done what you thought he had done, this isn't you and this isn't how you need to behave for the legacy of yourself or for the legacy of how you cared about Torfin. And I, I do like the doctor. I don't know. The doctor in this show and the doctor in um, fighting uh, Mr. Second, number one for you, we best love. Are, yeah, I really like the doctors in these shows because they're very they're kind of cavalier, but they also have a level-headedness and kind of an older brother. I don't know. It's like the the male form of Anuna that Anna just really jives with. I don't know. So anyway, the doctor is talking to him and he says, I've looked at the paperwork that you have in your hands. And it just, I realized that Tien was in the hospital when Torfin was hit. Um, chief. He was not even behind the wheel. Now, yes, his car did hit Torfin and she did die, but he was checked into the hospital at midnight and Torfin wasn't hit by the car until about 1 a.m. So do the math, chief. It wasn't Tien behind the wheel. It's at this point that chief looks at the paperwork, realizes that he made a really terrible mistake with Tien by telling him, you know, you're a horrible person, go back where you came from, you basically scum-sucking pig or dog. And he goes to talk to Tien to try to figure out what really happened, since he knows that Tien did not kill Torfin personally, that his car did, but not him himself. And I think also Chief's the kind of person that knows that Tien is younger than him. He takes everything way more... I don't mean when you're younger, things seem way more insurmountable, I think, in many ways than if you give it 10 years. I don't I don't mean it weird. It's like some things that I thought were impossible to surmount when I was 20, 17 to 20. I now look at it and go, if they come up again, this is no big deal. And not because they have reoccurred again, but simply because I don't know, once you have the extra 10 years, it's like Things don't seem quite as life altering because you've lived long enough to know that you survive something once you can survive it again, come what may. But anyway, I think Chief feels really bad here near the end of the episode when he realizes that he has made a terrible mistake in basically making Tian miserable when Tian already felt guilty enough for something that he, yeah, he gave someone a car. That was a really bad decision, but he did not mow Torfin down in the vehicle. I mean, and I'm not trying to be bad here. I'm just saying he feels as if it's his fault, which, yeah, it is partly his fault because he did give the car to his friend, but he is not the one responsible for Torfin's death. And that's why I think Chief went to the forest with his friends because he knew something was wrong because Longtay was gone, Tien was gone, and 
he did tell Tien at the very beginning of this series that his job is to protect Tien because that is his job as the person in charge of basically the forest rangers is to make sure the teachers stay safe. And as he's lying there completely, you know, almost bleeding out, you can tell, I think, that basically he's like, you know, I've at least protected Tien this far. And I think Chief really thinks at this point that he's dying, you know, and Tien kind of thinks that he's dying. And I'm kind of glad, you know, that if this did have to happen, they at least saw each other to kind of make peace with one another before the end. Of course, this is not going to be the end. We all know that there's one more episode coming up this Friday. But I have to say, this second to the last episode made me kind of rethink my opinions on A Thousand Stars because I really liked how people are defined by how they handle really bad conflict, I think, in life. And, you know, oftentimes in life, conflict comes and it's not even something that you're really responsible for, as weird as it may sound. I mean, Tien, yeah, he shouldn't have had the car that he gave to his friend. But was he responsible for killing Torfin in the end? If you draw out the logic, no, he wasn't responsible for killing Torfin. Was he responsible for the fact that he ended up with her heart? Uh, no, that was just one of those weird twists of fate that happens. And at the end of the time, how do you handle the conflict that is created by those two facts? I mean, that's some really big conflict. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how both Chief and Tien handle the conflict and how also the village handles the truth that, you know, Tien didn't do what everyone thinks that he did. And also how they help him realize that he needs to give himself as much grace as he's willing to give others, which I think is a really hard thing to do sometimes, especially when you feel uber responsible for something. Because I think sometimes in life, things come up that you have maybe done everything you know to do to protect someone that you love and care about. And for whatever reason, you weren't able to protect the person that you loved and cared about. And you feel terrible that that happened. It reminds me of there's a character I wrote about once in a book called... Um, I wrote two, so I'm trying to remember which one. But basically, it's More Than Conquerors, book one and book two. And Abigail Hannah is the main character in that series. She has five children. Um, she actually is going to have more because she's expecting twins. But in that series, Abigail and her family survive Wounded Knee. Her husband dies. Her children and her barely survive. And she says in that story that you cannot always promise that you can keep everyone safe because it's not possible. Abigail's childhood, she was um, almost killed in a massacre as a child too. And so she had to survive that as a very young child. She was raised by people who were not her parents through a weird twist of fate. And then she ended up, you know, surviving wounded knee with her children. And her children had lost, some of them were adopted. They'd lost their parents before. So there was a lot of loss there that just was fluke of life that happened. And there's a scene in that book I wrote where Abigail basically says, you know, you cannot promise to keep your children safe as much as you want to protect them from everything possible you can think of. Because Abigail's an uber protective mom. But she's like, but you can't always promise that they will be loved, which 
is what is the most important thing because could I protect them from wounded knee? Could I protect them from losing their original parents? Could I protect myself as a child from being in a massacre and being raised by people who were not my parents? There's a lot of things that we can't protect people from because they are simply out of our control on an infinitely huge proportion. But we can let people know we care. And I think in the same way at the end of this episode of uh, Thousand Stars, episode eight, yeah, we can sit there and say, you know, Tien, you didn't do this. It's not your fault. You don't need to feel guilty your whole life for the fact that you handed someone else the keys and they did something terrible. But instead of sitting there trying to rationalize it, because quite frankly, I don't think Tien, our chief, could hear on either front for themselves the issues. But letting sitting there and letting Tien know that he's cared for, that his life will go on, and letting Chief know that, you know, you don't have to spend your life being angry about Torfin being dead and trying to avenge her death with your anger. Because in the end, anger and judgment, they only serve you so well for so long. And so I'm going to be really curious to see how this series ends. I have to say I really enjoyed episode one and I've really enjoyed episode eight. I love the children and the school that's in this series. It is absolutely awesome. I love the integration of children into BLs because I think the sad thing about many, many BLs is they don't have kids, which I think is totally lame There should be, I mean, we have kids in every story. I mean, I think it's interesting because um, like in, oh, what's the series? Uh, it will come to me. But anyway, like with um, Until We Meet Again, if you're familiar with the series, they kind of end it the way they end it. But I guess according to the book, and I'm not recommending the book because from what I understand, the book would not be appropriate for all ages. So we're just going to stop there. And I don't really review BL books because of that very reason. I just don't really like reading that kind of stuff. So, but I guess in the book that team and win kind of have a nephew and also that nephew also has Pedin and farm also because Pedin and farm end up getting married team and win end up becoming a couple and you kind of figure out the rest of the story from what i understand although again i'm not an expert on the book so the interesting thing is is why do we cut the series in college for example or why don't we integrate children into the series is because i think kids add a a certain balance to the mix, if you will, that isn't found in most series is because they allow the other characters to improvise more, to remember how to play better. And I think it's interesting. I think that's one of the reasons that I did like many parts of this series with the children, especially because they help the adults live better, if you will. And so I will say, episode one, episode eight, and I'm hoping episode nine were pretty good. The rest of the series, I wasn't very impressed with, mainly because of the cringe moments, to be entirely honest. The cringe moments really, really, really got to Anna. I mean, uh, yeah, they really did. So with that in mind, I would probably give this series, I'm not going, I'm going to hold the jury out, but right now, um, if I was just considering episode one and episode eight, I give those an 8 out of 10. But if I have to consider them with episode 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, I probably wouldn't 
give this series an 8 overall because it, it would have been a lot better if we'd have just removed the annoying cringe moments. It reminds me of, if anyone's familiar with the book Shepherd of the Hills from the 50s, um, a lot of that book could have been really shorter if we'd have just said he got off the horse or she went into the cabin instead of having all these elaborate cringeworthy moments, which were as annoying as hell for some of us, I'm just saying. So anyway, and I try not to use bad language, but sometimes it just comes out. Yes. And it, it was as annoying as hell. I've never been to hell, but I would assume it would be rather annoying and unpleasant. And in the same way, Shepherds of the Hills was rather annoying and unpleasant. So, but that is my review of A Thousand Stars, episode eight. We are coming up on Friday. They will release the last episode Yay! I'm hoping it's fabulous and kind of redeems this whole series. So I can say that if you take episode 1, 8, and 9 together, I give it a 10. But if you add the middle ones, it's not so fabulous. But there we go. Check it at the round table. Bye! Hi folks, this is an addendum to this episode. I know it's long, but I had to add this. I'm sorry. I love how in this series they put little pieces that are basically finished parts of the story in for the most part okay let's be honest episode seven i could have lived forever without that one but okay episode eight there is a scene between chief and tian when chief is preparing to take tian after breakfast to go see the new school that was built by the villagers where he's talking to tian and he says you know we took care of the the people who are responsible for the arson and we are going to be catching Mr. Sita, so you don't need to worry about that. So you're you're safe now. But I still think you should stay here because it is more practical and it is closer to the school and the children will like it. And, and you can um, finish your lesson notes much more effectively if you live here with me. And Tian looks at Chief and he goes, really? So you want me to stay here because of all these reasons. What about you, Chief? Are you okay if I stay here? Is is that what you want? Let's let's forget the villagers for a moment. Let's forget the, you know, the fact that it might be easier for me to walk to school because there's less distance. And let's forget the fact that I could make better lesson notes because I'm sure that's really all you care about. I'm I'm sorry. I I couldn't resist. So anyway, Chief looks and he goes. Yes, yes, I would like you to stay. And he said, and and why would you like me to stay, Chief? He says, well, for, for all those reasons, it's closer to school, it's better for the kids, and you can make better lessons notes. And, and I wouldn't mind coming home and having somebody rub me down when I hurt really bad. <laughs> and I don't mean it weird. I don't know why this struck my funny bone so much. But it, it kind of reiterated the fact that one of the things I, I do love about the BL dramas is that they tend to end up together for really strange and yet kind of quixotically wonderful reasons. And this was an excellent example of that because I'm going, you know, a lot of people sit there and go, you know, I want romance or I want, you know, dinners and I want, you know, chocolates and flowers on holidays. But really, at the end of the day, I think it's the little things that add up more than all that. And this is an excellent example of it. Like Chief saying, well, I, I really would like someone here. So when I do hurt, when I get home from work, I have someone to help me with that. And I don't mean it weird, but I just I really liked that scene. It was very 
cute. And also, I think it was very courageous of both characters, both of Tian to sit there and go, Chief, you've talked about all the reasons it's good for everyone else. What about what you think about it? And also for Chief to sit there and be honest and go, yes, I, I would like you to stay. I think that is kind of an interesting thing at the end of this episode. And it's just kind of a little addendum that they put in for like a final scene. But that is the little addendum for this episode. And check it at the round table. Bye.